Hello and good evening. You're listening to the Mommyhood podcast with Neela. My guest tonight is an environmental warrior and educator, a microbiologist, Sue Lennox. Sue, welcome to the show. I'm so glad we could do this again after Skype managed to wipe out our interview yesterday. It could have been also me. <laughs> I love you to talk to you and chat. So Sue, how are you coping with this pandemic and its social fallouts? Um look I'm I'm okay, you know. I I've been in lockdown for coming up for 6 weeks now and um you know taking it a day at a time. So I'm quite surprised actually that that much time has passed. I'm I worked from home anyway and so yeah that hasn't been a transition that I've had to do a bit like climate change isn't it that we can yeah, we can expect that we're going to see you know the bigger mm-hmm. impacts are going to be um experienced by young people mhm um but you know um something that I've been thinking about a lot is that um the reason this um this crisis is so different is because it because of its social fallouts you have to maintain social distancing you are um isolated in your homes and we have been leading lonely lives you know uh, increasingly and it is all the more true for young people um often they stay together in a in a house with their flatmates they're walking or they're in the uni halls so that way the social fallouts is it uh, more pronounced among them could it be so kai i would be very surprised if it's not um more pronounced mm-hmm. and um you know yes i you know i think at some level there's there's greater resilience perhaps mm-hmm. but you know mm-hmm. but this is an absolutely unprecedented situation you know mm-hmm. we have a, a global pandemic um with a new virus um causing it that's raging you know throughout the world and you know we know so little about it and so there's that you know big level of unknown in terms of the impact and how long you know we're going to have to be in lockdown and how long you know that's going to impact education systems and work systems so you know i think for young people in particular it's hard but i'm also going to say i think it's really hard for mothers yeah particularly yes. worst mothers <laughs> mhm yeah absolutely because um a lot of the times mothers are crisis managers at home and um it will ultimately fall on them to guide their children young children definitely but um, you know even older children right mm. yes well um you know and they they've got to be doing that on top of um you know all the like you know if they're a working mum they've got to be working from home they're still probably doing all of the meal preparation and things and now mm-hmm. this additional job of um helping their children to study um you know mm-hmm. it's a huge pressure on women yeah absolutely and also there's a lot of misinformation going around 
how do we ensure that children are well informed about this crisis and that most importantly that they can come and talk to us and also how we ourselves stay updated so that we can guide them um, properly? Look, this is a really important question, Neil and Jana, because, um, you know, it's interesting. I, I participated in an online um, seminar today that was about mm -hmm. data misinformation. And, mm -hmm. you know, it is a massive problem globally. You know, this mm -hmm. is the first time that we've had an incident like this where we're so interconnected as a global community. But the trouble is, is that the social media are... Um, easy to manipulate and so mm -hmm. you know with a, a number of the um, so-called conspiracy theories that are running around you know um, there's been research done into how did they become promulgated to be so prominent mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. and there's clear evidence of um, you know right-wing groups and and, um, mm. and bots driving mm. the, the um, what they call co-tweet amplifications and, um, and that those have been successful in creating a campaign of um, misinformation and disinformation. And so it's really, really important that these critical thinking skills mm. are so important in these times, like they're important anyway. And so yeah. for parents, you know, there's a real need for how do you tell the difference between, you know, something that's a story that someone's made up because it suits their um, political or social agenda um, mm -hmm. versus, um, you know, what's the truth about what's actually going out there. And I would say the starting point for that is going to have to be, you know, relying on, um, you know, well-known media, reputable mm -hmm. sources of media information um, and, and you know, particularly, you know, sites and, and sources of information that are um, backed up by, you know, full peer-reviewed science. Um, but, yeah, a lot of caution is necessary in this because, you know, there's been a huge upsurge in that whole disinformation campaign. And, look, we've seen um, the power of, and the capacity of that to change right. the outcome of democratic elections. Absolutely. Absolutely. And um, I think that would also mean that we um, listen to our children more than we do, because we don't know when they're uh, probably coming uh, with a query that could be based on a piece of misinformation. So we probably have to listen to them more carefully. Yes, and, and probably, you know, have a bit of a um, involvement in, in what they're, um, you know, learning and thinking, which means, you know, having a conversation and it's interesting because it's one of the main reasons why we started the um, Pulse of the Pandemic program. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, to me, there were there were two things. One was to be providing a you know reliable source of up to date information to people that participate mm -hmm. in the program. And then the second one is, you know, there are other things that we need to keep our eye on at the moment. You know, as well as you know, protecting the health of the community and the world from the pandemic. All these other issues, you know, like climate change and poverty and water pollution and air, mm -hmm. air pollution, they haven't gone away. And so, Absolutely. you know, we need to be able to keep our gaze on those and to be keep, you know, keeping our focus on those and, you know, finding ways 
to keep you know moving forward towards a more just and sustainable way of living on this beautiful planet. Absolutely. And so can you tell us a little bit more about the this program, uh, Pulse of the Pandemic? And if um, anyone is interested in sort of maybe um, taking part in it or knowing more about it, how, how can they get in touch with you? I mean, is it only uh, for uh, people who are in Australia or is it open to anyone across the world? It's open to anyone across the world. And, um, and yes, we have had participants from India because, of course, I have um, such beautiful friendships um, yes. with, with India. Um, mm-hmm. The way that you can get involved is we promote it via the Green Facebook page. So that's Green mm-hmm. um, OZ Green Global. So just keep an eye on that. I've just done one and I will um, schedule another one for next week. I'm just getting myself... Um, I'm aiming to do it on a weekly basis, and and one right. of my goals is to do do this is to actually um, record the um, the presentation in particular because I put a lot of energy um, into research and mm-hmm. up, and updating what we have in the presentation part of the program, um, and then you know following that we actually then you know work together. Um, in in teams to work out you know what are the things that we're most concerned about and you know how are we going to create the changes that we need to make sure that we continue striving for global peace and sustainability right we will definitely keep a lookout uh, for the page and uh, for our listeners i'm going to um drop a link to the Facebook page so that they can go and check it out and see how they can engage with you, how they can, um, you know, participate in your programs and so on. But going back to what we were discussing, Sue, Mm. um, many schools have also moved online. It is a pretty frustrating time, not just for the for the children, because suddenly their peer group has vanished. Mm. Um, there's no face to face interactions. Um, activities are much less than before. So it's not just frustrating for them, but it is also frustrating for parents to keep them uh, engaged and um, not bored how best to deal with it? How can we keep them engaged, um, you know, in a, in a, in a manner that, that doesn't involve uh, maybe a lot of screens or, you know, uh, how can we best um, keep them engaged? Look, it's, it's a huge challenge, um, you know, particularly if you're in a situation of being, you know, in an apartment block, for example, um, where right. you've got the family locked up together um, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, only, I don't know what the situation is, but, you know, we we can go outside in Australia to exercise, but you've got to mm. keep a distance. And, mm. um, you know, so I think, I guess, making the most of that time in the day when you can actually go out and have a walk and, you know, see if there's a park that you can get to, that would be a good thing because I think, you mm-hmm. know, just keeping that connection with nature is really important um, mm-hmm. for our sanity. The second thing that I would be suggesting is doing everything you can to grow your own food. Now, mm-hmm. again, that's more difficult in an apartment block, but even in an apartment block, you can be doing things like sprouting um, seeds. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I love 
mung bean sprouts and lentil sprouts. And those mm-hmm. things are full of goodness and nutrition. So they're, they're projects that you can get, um, you know, young people involved in doing. Um, and it's a great time, I would guess, for them to learn to cook as well. And, um, Absolutely. you know, so there's, there's, and, you know, what's it actually take to, to run the house? Well, let's see if we can work out, you know, how we can do this together. And so actually involving them, you know, involving the whole family in the decisions that need to be made because it is an unprecedented situation. And, you know, the other thing I would say is is go easy on yourselves, you know. Um, mm-hmm. There's so much pressure. Um, and I think that to have the goal of getting through this, um, you know, caring for each other with kindness um, is probably, mm-hmm. from my point of view, Absolutely. the most important thing for us to be focusing on right now mm-hmm. and and anything more than that um you know is a bonus and and so Absolutely. you know just taking the pressure off the intern it's not going to make a huge difference you know if like everyone's in the same boat and um yeah. i don't think it will make a huge difference if um learning takes a different tack for a while absolutely i think we have to all of us we have to unlearn a lot of things we have to unlearn the way we have been living our lives and we have been um, dealing with our children engaging with our children I think we have a lot of unlearning to do wouldn't wouldn't you agree look I do agree and and look we've had such um, an unbelievable you know almost 12 months here in Australia because we Mm -hmm. you know if I go back to um, August you know, that's when the severe fires began. And I was thinking about that tonight when I was having my dinner, is that we haven't had, and I'm using my inverted commas fingers, normal. Mm -hmm. We haven't had normal here in Australia. Um, Something's going for, you know, eight months, eight, nine months. It's just been going from one disaster to the next. Mm -hmm. And and so that is incredibly unsettling. And, And I think, you know, again, this calls on the importance of us having um, practices that we are using to maintain our well-being within this change and to maintain our centre. And goodness me, there must be no better place in the world to uh, be learning practices about spirituality than um, India, I'm sure. You know, there are many, uh, you know, wonderful traditions that we can learn Mm -hmm. from there and and it is a time to be taking this more seriously like I um you know I've increased my spiritual practices now so that you know I'm doing a couple of hours in the morning and another hour or so in the evening and I guess for me that's easier because I I'm on my own um I think it would be more difficult in a family situation but surely this is something that you can do together as a family yes and um you know, I was thinking about the same thing, the fires, uh, while, um, you know, I was uh, dialing you up. And I was just thinking that you actually haven't had a moment to breathe. The last time we spoke to each other, we were discussing the fires and then mm. immediately we just headed into this crisis. As a microbiologist, where do you see this crisis heading? Oh, goodness me. Look, it's it's worrying and I have been watching it very closely, um, you know, since the beginning of January. 
and mm-hmm. and what's worrying is that we don't know you know there's so much that we don't know in terms of um the impact um and and so you know we've really like the lockdown is kind of you know the only option at the moment to slow the spread down we don't know how much immunity there's going to be um mm-hmm. it would seem when we look at other coronaviruses like um the common cold the immunity mm-hmm. from that seems to last mm-hmm. for um uh, you know up to 2 years so it mm-hmm. means that even if we build immunity to this covid-19 it's highly likely that it will not um be a permanent immunity and so we're looking mm-hmm. at having a new disease present as a global mm-hmm. disease and um, mm-hmm. what that means because it it brings together you know terrible features of being extremely contagious mm-hmm. um and you know with people you know evidence that 50% of people are not showing symptoms but are still contagious yeah, yeah. Um, Mm-hmm. through to, you know, having drastic um, health consequences for those that are unfortunate mm-hmm. enough to become very ill with it. So, yeah. you know, it's it's unfolding and it's developing. And um, I think one of the most compelling things that I have seen recently was a post from um, an Indian doctor saying that, um, you know, this is, this is a disease that's been spread by the jet travellers of the world yeah, um, and they have the capacity to isolate. You know, Absolutely. it will impact hardest those mm-hmm. communities where you have got, you know, a whole family living in one room, and there's, yeah. you know, there's, it's very difficult for them to isolate. Mm-hmm. And um, so, yeah, I do worry about how things will go in India. Yeah, I mean, like you know, this is something we have all been sort of, you know, thinking about. This is one disease which has been actually passed on from the wealthy or you know the urban population to the rural population mm. and rural india um, you know in any developing nation the rural parts are the most neglected they don't have proper health care infrastructure but then again poor people are probably dealing with so many epidemics like hundreds of thousands of children die every year mm. in indian africa from diarrhea and mm-hmm. malaria Yep. They probably know better how to, I'm not saying that they're going to be coming out of it unscathed. No one probably will, but they probably know how better to handle it. Like in certain villages in, in India, I have heard that they are actually felling large trees to block um, the entry to the villages mm, so that mm. outsiders can't come in. Mm, mm. And um, people are, you know, like uh, they are doing because, you know, they believe in community mm. and their resilience also comes from the community. In some ways, I suspect yeah. it will be easier um, in a rural mm. setting. And, mm. and mm. you know, you're right. There's, there's been incredible examples um all over the world of communities pulling together. Mm. And I have Absolutely. heard, um, you know, the same uh, story about response in Africa, particularly those mm-hmm. communities that have experienced, yeah. you know, the Ebola epidemic. Ebola, yes. Mm. Um, is that those communities, you know, what they've done is they've isolated the village mm-hmm. and, and prevent, if, you know, preventing um, outsiders from coming in. And so that mm. kind of, you know, if you're growing your own food, Hmm, um, hmm. Yeah, there's a certain resilience. Um, Absolutely, that, isn't there? Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. And while talking about community and we touched on this you know, briefly, that women are disproportionately affected by this crisis. Their work has increased manifold. They have to balance work and life more intensely than ever before. How can they practice self-care? <laughs> yes, look, um, and again, look, I would be suggesting that it's a really good thing to talk about, you know, together as mm-hmm. a family is how, you know, what can we do to look after ourselves in these times? And um, goodness me, you know, it. I take my hat off to um, to women that are, you know, mothers of young children working from home and mm-hmm. trying to keep the household together. Goodness me. Look, you know, sleep and um, exercise and, uh, you know, nutritious food and using, you know, meditation and relaxation practices to, you know, care for yourselves, that those would have to be right up the top of the list of, um, of self-care See, thank you so much for talking to us this evening. And I hope all of us will come out of this crisis stronger and better with uh, a world that will probably be greener and we would be we will be adopting uh, ways of living that will be more sustainable, not just for ourselves, but for the environment as well. I, I certainly hope, hope so. And um, yes. and I think that one of the things that has been remarkable about this time is that we're all in it together. Absolutely, and, yes. And and I have been feeling so much um, deep connection and, and experiencing so many, you know, shared conversations with friends around the world, around the impact. And so, you know, if there's one gold lining to this terribly dark cloud, you know, let it be that it's something that brings us together and we find our common ground. Yes, absolutely. I couldn't have ended on a better note because that's what I've been hoping for as well. And that's what I've been thinking that this is today. The world is really one in any which way you look at it, because I think people come together better in adversity than they do when things are going okay. Mm, Steve, thank you so much and I hope we will connect again take care of yourself stay safe you were listening to the mommyhood podcast with Neela it's time to say goodbye now I will be back again next week with another guest and it could be you so please email me or you could also connect with me on Skype my Skype ID is given in the comment box below let's connect and let's talk But if you would rather write down your thoughts, I would love to read them out on air. Send me your poems, stories, random thoughts, letters. Or just connect with me on Skype. Let's just talk. And don't forget to leave your comments below so we can continue to share our experiences beyond this podcast. As Rumi said, the heart has its own language. The heart knows a hundred thousand ways to speak. Till next week. Stay well, stay safe everyone.